Hello. Come on in. Welcome to Here's Hoping, my imaginary coffee shop, where good conversation is always on the menu. I'm your host and barista, Catherine Gabriel-Jones. Come in, don't be shy. Watch your step, and don't mind the boxes. Pick a seat. Anywhere. Any chair. Any table. They're all comfortable in this imaginary coffee shop, a place where you get to be exactly where you would like to be. In general, these pearls of wisdom that are provided at Here's Hoping are just that, pearls. We often associate pearls with being small. And that's really what the primary menu is all about. Small, short, little pearls that you can take with you. But pearls formed naturally come in all shapes and sizes. And that variety is exactly what makes Here's Hoping one of my favorite places to be. See, I learned something about pearls. Pearls can only be formed when something gets stuck and becomes irritating. When the regular function and process gets interrupted by this this thing that gets stuck. See, that thing that interrupts us and irritates and break apart our day becomes the core of the pearl. So sometimes, in order to really get a sense of what this pearl is, we need to tell the story of how that pearl came to be. Today's Pearl of Wisdom is a little longer than usual because, well... Telling the story of how that pearl came to be sometimes takes a little longer. Abby Lynn Haskell gives us the story of how this pearl of wisdom came to be. Here's hoping. Resilience. Thoughts? (laughs) How to tough it out. (laughs) How to bounce back. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. We've needed resilience. Oh my goodness. So, oh, so resilience in terms of chasing a dream. That's a big thing. Oh, wow. Oh, I love that frame. Resilience in terms of chasing a dream. Hot diggity dog. Yeah. What's what's within this beautiful frame that you've crafted? Oh my. So I think it's was having to learn early on that um, a dream will take you into places you never, ever, ever expected to go. And sometimes it's sad to leave behind where you thought you were going to go, but you have to trust that that new dream is still going to take you there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so dreams when i my youngest experience was understanding in high school with dreams changing Mm -hmm. my when i was um i think like a sophomore in high school i fell in love with the ocean 
Um, it was part of my upbringing. My grandparents lived on Northeast Harbor on Mount Desert Island. I loved going out with my grandfather. He was a pastor on the Sunbeam, which is the main Seacoast Mission boat that would go out to the Little Islands. And so mm -hmm. as a child, I'd go out with him and love the ocean, love the waters. I'm going to be a marine biologist, right? So that was just my thing in high school. And I did well in the sciences. And this was just my passion. This was just amazing. So I went to the most favorite beautiful school that I could find. It was Long Island University. Mm -hmm. And they had this uh, amazing program where you could go out on a gaff rig schooner for nine weeks and study the ocean. And we had field biology classes where we got in a boat and threw a net overboard and drug in the sea life and, oh, you know, wow. named it all. Oh, it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So when I was um, in my second semester, I went home for spring break. And my best friend, Rick, was losing his mom to cancer. And he was a freshman in high, uh, college. And she used to babysit me when I was in kindergarten. So this has been a friend since kindergarten. Wow. So he asked me to go with him to help say goodbye to his mom. So we wow. went over to the hospital. And this is, you know, freshman in college. So 18. Um and I just remember doing that. And I remember um, going with my mom to a soup kitchen and seeing one of my classmates in the line with her three kids mm -hmm. and just feeling like I didn't have the right to this education and mm. everything was topsy-turvy. So I went back after that week break and everything had changed to dust, ashes. Like I could not uh, find any joy in everything that I had found any joy before. And I had never had that experience of like, I'm in the wrong place. It was like the oxygen had left the room. I couldn't breathe, everything was awful. So it was so confusing. Um, and it was so crushing enough that I left before I finished all my exams and I came home. Mm -hmm. And I just, I dropped out of school. It was like, I don't know what's going on. Wow. Um, I, some months later, was on the phone. Remember those things that hung on the wall? And they used to have this long cord. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it's that old fashioned type <laughs> phone. <laughs> and I, uh, was in the kitchen talking with my friend and by then he had lost his mom and he was quite grief stricken and I hung up the phone my mom doesn't remember this but my mom says Abby you should go into ministry and it was this thought you know and I, I turned it over my mind and I and I went and saw my mentor who was uh, Reverend Renee Garrett over in at, and um I told her, I said, well, I think I may be called to ministry. And she wasn't shocked. She oh. wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was waiting for this moment to come around. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't at all like offended or uh, saying, oh, no, don't do that. It, it was an opening of some door. And I remember standing out on the lawn and feeling this tremendous boulder weight just like lift off my shoulders. Wow. And it was so strange. And there's that 
that dream had somehow changed like this passion for God's creation for what what I was finding so beautiful was connecting with some sort of sacred part of being in God's amazing world and that included this connection with people and church and um that was the the light the passion the hope that i needed to follow this is how the dream changed um so i it's that's the new place that it's gone and that's just been even more wild so there's even a sense of understanding that that ministry thing keeps getting shaped and reshaped based mm. based on that that love or that that dream or that hope or passion yeah. or light i guess i have a lot of names for it <laughs> yeah but that's how i've come into relationship with it and that's what i have to live with um mm-hmm. because to trying to not live with it is awful yeah it's like tastes like eating ashes it's oogie yes yes (laughs) the that that the multifaceted aspect of resilience and how it it grew into your life it it that image of throwing the net overboard and pulling back this plethora of of creation and naming each of them, each one completely distinct. Well, this is one aspect of resilience, and this is this other aspect of resilience, and this one has spines, and this other one has claws, and this one just has fins, and this one, uh, whoa, whoa, this one dives in the water. And how how manifold the, the variety of your experience in resilience. Yes. Yes. That's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To keep coming back into relationship. Yeah. Yeah. That requires yeah. resilience. Yeah. To being remodeled and remade and remolded that takes resilience. Yeah. It does. And sometimes it stinks. Sometimes Ugh. it sucks. Yes, sometimes it does. it's awful. And yeah, there is that taste of ash in your mouth when the oxygen has all left the room and Anyone who suggests that things are going to be better, yeah, uh-huh. I got some words to say to you. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I need you someone think, to listen where I am. Do you think that there is... Okay, so here's here's a question that's just shown up. Is there is there part in the growth of resilience, which kind of seems like it's this arc of of life and living is there a part of resilience that by the experience itself just kind of sucks like a little bit like the moon waning there's that one point when the moon looks like it's going to disappear and we're left in darkness and that needs to happen if we're going to get to the full moon I don't know if that makes sense, but there's a question in there somewhere. Here's hoping you understand it. Yes. (laughs) No, the word resilience means there's something acting that's not easy, right? You, if it's easy, you don't need resilience. You need resilience to come back at something. So when res, when it changes, right? When it's um, 
when the, either the dream is changing, which is the toughest resilience, or mm. I think I think when you're you need resilience to keep at, especially the creative aspect, because you have so many things battling yeah. you in terms of battling questioning. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is this really real? Is this really true? Is this good enough? We have our yeah. own minds, uh -oh. so we have to have resilience to say, yes, this is good enough. We have yeah. to have the resilience to come into relationship with the critics, you know, the resilience to hear them and keep moving on rather yeah. than crumbling to nothing. Because um, there's plenty of uh, ministry events where it feels like it's crumbling to nothing mm -hmm. and you have to get up and you have to put one foot in front of the other and uh, keep at it. Yeah, yeah, that's the resilience. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, it is. It does take a lot of work to live in this life. It it takes mm. a lot of work. Yes, and, it does. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm remembering an earlier conversation we had about hope when you had mentioned when you when you would go into a hospital room, sometimes that hope is not realistic. Mm. But the hope changes and the hope shifts and the hope in and of itself is resilient, even as we are resilient, even when we don't want to be. Come on, yes. man. I don't want to be resilient today. I really just want the day to be a day. That's all yes. I want. I just yes. want it to be a day. Can't I have a break? And mm -hmm. that's part of resilience. Yep. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. Wow. Wow. Oh, thank you, Abby. This is awesome. <laughs> Resilience. There is so much packed into that little word. Just let it wash over you. Resilience. What comes to mind for you? Is there an image or a story that unfolds in your imagination? This perception of what resilience should be and how you do or do not measure up to that story of resilience. What I love most about this imaginary coffee shop is that it allows space where those things that take longer to say, we can take the time for that. Abby's story of her unexpected change and the way that her path suddenly shifted and she found herself in a completely new direction while being unsurprised by this new path that she found herself on. You know, I can relate to that. And I'm guessing that a lot of people can relate to that experience of suddenly realizing, wait a minute, I didn't intend to be here. When did I turn on that road? How did that happen? In that resilience, which is embodied in our own story, in our own trajectory, 
in the surprising twists and turns that take us off guard, that get stuck and irritate us and form that valuable pearl. Sometimes that irritant is truly just that. It is an irritant, and we make meaning out of living through the experience. Because after all, all of that precious material, that is what protects us from that irritation. That is what protects us and guards us from that intrusion, that interruption, that fracture, that painful experience. In a way, resilience is this unexpected embodiment of a scar that has been transformed into a thing of tremendous beauty and turns this irritation into something of great value. I attempt to have the moments of here's hoping to be open-ended enough so that you can project onto whatever's being told. Whatever this whatever this pearl of wisdom might be, you can take it with you and you can make it your own. But today there's a tremendous gift in this recapitulation that Abby's given us. And it brings to mind a question. What is a time when an irritation or a surprise or a shocking trajectory change occurred in your life and it unfolded into an unexpectedly remarkable change in your life? Casting my mind back, there are a number of moments. Not all of them are comfortable, but some of them are truly precious. Here's hoping. Thank you for joining me at my imaginary coffee shop. I'm your host, Catherine Gabriel-Jones. I'm very grateful to you for sharing part of your day with me. Whether this is your first visit or you're a regular, please consider sharing this episode with a friend so other people can find their way to our imaginary coffee shop. If you're interested in having a conversation with me, you can send an email to hereshopingpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Links to Here's Hoping social media is included in the show notes. <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> Music for Here's Hoping has been composed and produced by the Reverend Dr. Seth Jones. Original artwork for Here's Hoping has been created by Tysorex with additional graphics created with Canva. Additional sound effects have been provided by Zapsplat. Today I'd like to share with you a quote that was sent to me by a person that I know who holds great value in my heart. The quote is new to me, but the person who shared it with me is dear. This is a quote by Stephen Charleston. And it seems to be very fitting in the context of resilience and the time it takes 
for a pearl to form, coating that thing that irritates and interrupts, protecting us from that damage and from that irritation and the change and upheaval caused by that sometimes invisible interruption. So here's the quote by Stephen Charleston. What are some of the most important spiritual qualities to have these days? There are many, but one I will highlight is patience. The world feels like an enormous waiting room. It feels like we are waiting for something to be announced. Which way are we going? What will happen then? We are not sure. We will have to wait and see. So patience becomes more than a virtue. It is a necessity. May the Spirit help us in our waiting And may the Spirit hasten the moment when our waiting will be over. Thank you. Take care of yourself as you step ahead into this world. May kindness await you. And may the best of your past be the worst of your future. Until next time. Bye-bye.